Thanks, John. I love that line. The people feared the Lord and they put their trust in him. That's our awesome God. And uh, um, I love John paused on the angel of the Lord. I think you were ready to preach the sermon right there, brother. <laughs> Just the angel of the Lord being uh, an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. It's a cool thing. Don't have time to talk about that today. But we do want to talk about the greatness of the Lord. We have an awesome God and we can put our trust in him. So uh, I just want to welcome you before we dive in. Thanks for being here today. I want to welcome everybody who's watching online and especially all of those here who are new or who are newer to hope. Just so glad you're here and that you're connecting here. And I want to encourage you to do fill out that connect card back at the welcome bar. We do send out a weekly email blast so you can get to know what's going on here. Um, so that's a great way to connect. Uh, but here at Hope, we... Uh, one of our core values is genuineness, strengthening people. Genuineness is encouraged, and Christianity is a matter of the heart. So if we just be a little bit honest here on a Sunday morning, uh, do we have any control freaks in the room? Come on, control freaks. Let me see those hands. Yep, yep. Anybody elbowing somebody next to them? All right, all right, good, good. Well, yeah, I mean, if we're honest, I think all of us have moments in our life where we need that Control. That's every one of us. Uh, I, I remember a few years ago, I was pursuing pastoral ministry in my 20s. Young Brian, that was something they called a youth intern. And uh, we did a winter camp up in the mountains at a, uh, a camp called Idrahaji, which sounds like, uh, like an American Indian name, but Idrahaji just stands for I'd rather have Jesus. Idrahaji. That's kind of cool, huh? I like that. That's cool. So uh, we're at winter camp with a bunch of teenagers, and uh, first night going great, and it's time to get all the teenagers to bed. So parents, I don't know if you've ever needed your teenager to go to sleep. Uh, that is not easy. And uh, being a youth intern, I was put in charge of the middle school boys' cabin. Any of you have ever been in charge of a middle school boys' cabin at camp? There are treasures in heaven for you. Because they were crazy. They had been drinking Mountain Dew and eating Twizzlers, and they were bouncing off the walls. And it's, it's you know, 9.30, 10 o'clock, and I'm trying to get control of this situation. So I, I do what any normal person does, and I, I yelled at them to be quiet to go to bed. I turned off the lights. I did get all of those middle school boys into their beds. Um, but when you have a group of 12 Middle school boys, uh, you know, the lights don't matter. They're still talking and laughing, and every middle school boy thinks he's a comedian, and they're just, you know, having fun, making bodily noises, and no matter how much I say, you know, quiet, be quiet, uh, go to bed, it's time to go to sleep, nothing's working. I cannot get control of this room. And so it, about 1 a.m. rolls around, and, and these they're just like, can't fall asleep. And they keep saying, I can't fall asleep, can't fall asleep. I'm like, I got to do something. It's getting way too late. So I get a brilliant idea. Sleepy time tea. I remembered that the cafe had some teas. And one of those teas was sleepy time tea. I will drug them to sleep. <laughs> so I tell all 12 of them, get up. We're going to the cafe, and you are going to drink sleepy time tea. 
So they get up, we all go to the cafe, and they start running around, drinking tea, going to the bathroom outside. I mean, it was chaos. I, was, I learned a valuable lesson. That was the dumbest thing I have ever done in youth ministry. Classic youth intern mistake there. But guys, what do we do when things are out of control? You know, we, we become a control freak. We try to get control of a situation. And as I was even thinking this morning, getting ready for this message, seeing how many times, even just this morning, where it's like, man, I'm fighting for control. And I think if we're honest, there's, there's just a little control freak in every one of us. Um, we try to control our kids. We try to control our spouse. Uh, we control our plans. So we have control of our calendar. Uh, have any of you ever had a, a boss that's just a little bit controlling? I think we all like having control of our life. And, and really, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of control, is there? No, there's wisdom with control, of course. Um, but that's not the kind of control that I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the idol of control. I, I want to talk to you about when control goes from a good thing to an ultimate thing. When it goes from, from to, to a point where we're not trusting God and we're not trusting others, where we're saying, I will be in control. Do you hear that? It, control is actually one of the deep idols in our heart. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the mind set on the flesh. Um, and and how the mind set on the flesh is death. And I just want to put control in with that. And let's put that up on the screen. A mind, think about this, a mind set on control is death. And you can see the fruits of that. And we've all experienced that as we've, we've striven for control. Mindset on control is death, is inflexible, is impatient, is anxious, is overbearing, is unable to let go. How do we break free from a mindset on control? We're here in a series at Hope called Truths That Transform. We're looking at four G's, four truths about God that can transform our life. We're learning that behind every sin and negative emotion, there is a lie. There's a lie we're believing, and behind the idol of control, there is a lie that says, if it's going to happen, I have to be in control. And a lot of us, like myself, we struggle with that lie. A couple of weeks ago, I, I put this chart up on the screen. Mindset on the flesh is death. But the mindset on the spirit is truth, is life, is peace. And last week, we looked at that first line. I long for approval. And, uh, and Drew reminded us from Psalm 18 that God is glorious. So we don't have to fear others. We don't have to seek the approval of others because more, greater than the glory of another person is the glory of God. And so this truth of God's glory sets us free from the approval of others. Well, today we just want to look at that second line. I strive for control. And uh, we want to look at the truth that sets us free. And the truth is, God is great. He's in control. So I don't have to be in control. 
And so if you're here today and you have a deep heart level striving for control, I want you to see today that God wants to set you free. And the truth that is going to set you free is that God is in control. God is great, so you don't have to be in control. Do you feel the difference that makes? It's a truth that has a power to transform our life. And so we're in Exodus chapter 14 today. Those of you who have your Bibles, if you want to open that up or a Bible app, open it up to Exodus 14. The story of the Israelites and the Exodus. And we're going to look at a group of people who felt out of control. And I want to show you today how God shows up in his greatness and how he frees his people from the need to control. It's an amazing story. So before we dive in, why don't we pray and invite the Lord to work in our hearts. So God, thank you so much for the power of your truth to bring freedom to our lives. And and I just pray that you would come and that you would speak your truth into our hearts. Help us to know that you're the glorious God, that you're the great God, that we have nothing to fear, that you are with us, Lord. So come, change our hearts and change our lives through the truth of your word. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're looking at Exodus 14. This is a familiar story. It's the story of the Israelites They're on their way out of Egypt. If you remember, um, the Israelites were enslaved to the Egyptians for 400 years. That's a long time. God sets them free. They're on their way out of Egypt. They're heading to the promised land. And they find themselves now in an out-of-control situation. And so what do they do? They do what all of us do. We fight for control. And, and honestly, in my head, I have this picture of uh, where, where I'm driving and my wife is wanting to change the temperature in the car, or you ever experienced that? It's like, who really controls the, the temperature? And we kind of fight for control that way. I don't know. Maybe it's just us. But uh, guys, we always do this. We fight for control, and we see that in our story. I want to start with the Egyptians. First of all, the Egyptians in this story are panicking, and they are fighting for control. You know, think they're asking themselves, why did we let the Israelites go? These are our slaves. This was our free labor. Come on, we got to get this thing back under control. Verse 5, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. Pharaoh's in a panic. He gets this sick feeling in his stomach. What did I just do? There goes all of our free labor. And he prepares the chariots. He calls forth the army. And they go out to bring the Israelites back under their control. Meanwhile, what are the Israelites doing? They're just kind of chilling. They're walking out of the land. They're feeling good. It's 11 days to the promised land. And God's leading us. We've got a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And I'm not sure what that would have looked at, but I'm thinking that's pretty spectacular. And they're just walking out of Egypt. And then in verses 1 and 2, isn't this interesting? God changes the direction. You ever been going along, enjoying the ride, and then God changed the direction? It's very interesting. Verse 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back 
and encamp near the sea. And so God deliberately takes them off of the easy road, and he puts them on the hard road. Isn't that interesting? He has them camping right between two mountains at the very edge of a huge sea. In verse 4, this is what God says. He says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, but I will gain glory for myself. Everybody say, gain glory. Gain glory. Yes. God is going to gain glory. He's going to gain glory for himself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I'm the Lord. And so I imagine the Israelites standing there at the edge of this huge sea. And they're there with their families and their friends, their animals and their possessions. And they are trapped by the sea. And then they look up and they see off in the distance, they see uh, chariots bearing down on them, a huge army bearing down on them. And they have nowhere to go. They can't escape. They begin to panic. And they begin to cry out, it says. They're pressed against the sea. Verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done by bringing us out of Egypt? And the Israelites have come to Moses. They're terrified, they're afraid, and they're fighting for control. And I think this is an amazing picture for us because we've all found ourselves in situations that felt out of control. And, and here's what I want you to see, and this is very, very important today. The control does not flow from faith. Rather, it is a reaction to fear. Have you ever noticed that? That control is truly our gut reaction to fear in our life. And neither the Israelites nor the Egyptians are trusting God. And I think for many of us, the thought of losing control makes us feel vulnerable. And I know that feeling of when I'm looking at the button and thinking, I have to save this money. I have to, to bring this spending under control. And we use fear and control in our lives. We discipline our children using Fear and control. We plan our future with fear and control. We begin to believe the lie. If it is going to be, it's up to me. Never thought that in your head. See, control really is the absence of faith and trust in God. And for those of us who live under that weight of control, how does that feel? It is an anxious stressful and frustrating place to be. And today, God wants to set us free from that striving and fighting for control. Freedom comes from realizing that just because it's out of control doesn't mean it's out of God's control. And you believe that today. See, here's the truth that can transform our life. It's the truth that God is great so we don't have to be in control. God wants to teach his people. In the midst of the panic, I want you to hear what Moses says. This is an amazing verse. It's a verse to take with you. Exodus 14, 13 through 14. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm. 
and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, will ne- you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to, what? Be still. Be still. It's a truth that can change your life. God will fight for you. You're not alone. He is awesome. You can trust him today. You only need to be still. It's a truth that can loosen our grip on the circumstances of our life. I'll never forget the first time I, I saw this verse. I was thinking about that this morning. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, I, I didn't even know this verse was in the Bible been a Christian a long time. I had no idea there was this amazing promise in Exodus 14, 13 through 14. And this has become a life-changing verse for me. Uh, the first time I saw this verse was actually in Haiti in 2012, believe it or not. And uh, 2012, that was just two years after a major 7.0 magnitude earthquake had rocked the country of Haiti. And if you remember, there was... Uh, just massive damage, buildings had collapsed, there was a catastrophic loss of life, and um, 2012, two years after this, we landed in the airport in Port-au-Prince, and as we were driving out of the capital city, and I looked out the window, I could see these tent cities. I don't know if you remember seeing them on the news, but there were just miles and miles of um, people that had been uh, thrown together in, to live under tents in these tent cities with nowhere to go. To call the earthquake devastating would have been an understatement. As many of you know, just last Saturday, Haiti was hit with another massive earthquake, wasn't it? 7.2, and um, once again, you know, these buildings collapsed, people found themselves under the rubble, and uh, I just wanted you guys to know that our church, us together, we have responded by giving a donation to Samaritan's Purse um, to, to provide some disaster relief for the people of Haiti. So I'm excited to let you guys know about that today. And uh, our, our thoughts and our prayers and our hearts are for the people of Haiti. But I couldn't help but think back, especially with this verse, back to, to 2012. And we're serving the people of Haiti. And we came alongside an amazing church. And just want to show you a picture from, from then. There's, there's a much younger Brian there. And, uh, and just getting to serve at this church and... If you'll notice behind me, there's a big blue wall, and it says, Pape Pose, and then in tiny letters, kind of behind my kneecaps, it says, Exeter 1414, and I started to see that everywhere. It was on the wall, it was on t-shirts, it was on the, the church truck, it was everywhere, and I kept thinking to myself, what? I'm like, Exodus 14, 14. That sounds like Exodus 14, 14. So I'm thinking, what could possibly be in Exodus 14? So I opened up my Bible, and I turned to verses 13 and 14 in Exodus 14, and here's what I read. It said, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the salvation the Lord will bring you today. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. And it was mind-blowing. I had never seen this scripture before in Exodus 14. And I'm thinking, okay, I've got, the, I've got the verse part, but what is Pape Pose? So I run to Pastor Marcel, this amazing pastor who's impacted my life and so many other 
people's lives. And I said, Marcel, what is Pape Pose, Exodus 14? What is this all about? Why is this everywhere? And he goes, Pape Pose, don't panic. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be. And you know what I found out is that after the earthquake in 2010, this was the scripture that God gave our Haitian brothers and sisters to get them through that difficult season. And I began to realize, this is it. When the world collapses, this is what gets you through. Pape Pose, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. You don't panic, you trust the Lord. So for the first time in my life, I saw that if God could help people with nothing get through the devastation of everything, God could help me with the problems that I was facing today. And over the course of my life, that scripture has carried me through. And on that Sunday, I was invited as you know, a pastor to come to share a message to the Haitian brothers and sisters there on Sunday morning. And I got up and I want to tell you the very first thing I did when I got up that Sunday morning is I thanked my Haitian brothers and sisters. I said, thank you. Thank you for trusting the Lord because you've opened my eyes. See, I thought I was coming here and I was going to help you, but no, no, God brought me here because you were going to help me. Thank you for showing me the truth of Exodus 14, 13, and 14. It's a truth that's transformed my life. And I just want to encourage you today, whatever you're going through, Pape Pose, don't panic. God is with you. He will fight for you. You only need to be still. So you're not fighting God. You actually have a God who is fighting for you. He is an awesome God. He is a sovereign God. He is a great God. He is a God who's in control. And he is with you in the midst of the storm. See, we, say, we face so many battles in life. I'm worried about my finances. I have a loved one with cancer. When is this pandemic going to end? It's not a surprise to God. When the Israelites found themselves at the edge of a terrifying sea, was God surprised? Absolutely not. God never stopped being in control. He's a great God. He's a holy God. Take a look at our story. Look what happens next. Exodus 14, 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? <laughs> because we're terrified, God. Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I'll harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory. You guys hear that again? We heard that earlier. Here it is again. God is saying, I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians and the whole world really will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. God's people are crying out. And you have to wonder, 
Why didn't God take him on the fast way or the easy way? Why does he take us down the hard way? Why does he put them in the middle of the battle? He tells us in verse 17, I will gain glory for myself. That's why God has put us in the battle. So that he will gain the glory. Whatever you're going through today, you might have problems, but God has a purpose. He is an awesome God. And he is going to gain glory in your life. He is in control. He is not out of control. He is fighting for you in the midst of the battle. See, how will we know the greatness of the Lord if he doesn't put us in the fight? How will we know God's powerful victories if he doesn't set us in a battle? God has an awesome purpose for your problems because it's in our great problems that we see an even greater God. Do you believe that today? See, there was a day when Jesus met a man who was born blind. And people would look at this guy and they would say, Jesus, why does this guy have so many problems in his life? And do you know what Jesus said? He says, this happened so that the power of God would be seen in him. This happened. This difficulty, this challenge, this battle happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. And you may have problems today. As we do, we may be wondering, what is God doing? And I want to tell you today that God is good. He is an awesome God. And he is going to display his power and his glory in your life through the battle that you're walking through today. Jesus said, if we believe, we will see the glory of God. That's his promise for us today. Pape pose. We only need to be still. Verse 21 Then Moses stretched his hand over the sea. And all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and he turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. I mean, that can you even imagine? Here come the Egyptians. The Egyptians pursued them and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. This is what God does for us. He meets us in the battle and he fights for us. And he fights for you. And he will save you. He won't let you down. He won't let you down. He will see you through this challenge in your life. Verse 29. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. But that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. I love that statement. The Lord saved Israel. That's who our God is. Our God is a savior. 
He's a rescuer. And just like he saved the Israelites from the bondage of of Egypt, he saved us from our sins. He saved us from our past. And he sets us free. Let me ask you guys a question. Do we have to earn that salvation? Do we have to work for that salvation? No, no, no. Only thing we had to do was to be still, was to trust the Lord. See, Jesus fought for us. He took the fight all the way to a cross, and he saved us, and he rescued us. And all we simply did was believe it and receive it. It's who our God is. He fights for us. We only need to be still. We don't have to panic. We trust in him. I just want you to see this today, guys. Everything that God wants to do in your life, whether it's receiving that free gift of salvation, whether it's getting through this battle, everything God wants to do in your life, it's just on the other side of fear and control. It's just up ahead as you look to him and as you trust in him and as you rest in him. Verse 31, when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, people what? They feared the Lord and they put their trust in him. That's the invitation. God is great. I don't have to be in control. Pape pose. Don't fear. Only believe. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. We don't have to fear the circumstances of our life because God is in control. He's bigger than our fears and he's going to get the glory in our story. As it says in Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. We have a God who is bigger and greater than our fears. He's bigger and greater than the challenges we face. And he is for you, your side. He's fighting for you. God is great. We don't have to be in control. I mentioned earlier the lie we believe of, if it's going to be, it has to be me, that striving for control. And, uh, and I just want to encourage us today that we don't have to fight for everything in our life. We don't have to strive for control in everything in our life. And I want to invite you today to release those worries, release those anxieties, release the fears, release the need to control every detail. Because nothing is going to give you greater peace than trusting in the Lord today and letting go of control. There's a devotional called New Morning Mercies by Paul Tripp. Just highly recommend that if you're looking for some daily encouragement. But I want you to listen to what Paul Tripp writes as we can wrap this up. Because God is my sovereign, my life is never out of control. Because he's my savior, he blesses me with everything I need to live in the middle of things that are beyond my control. What a great statement. God is my sovereign and God is my savior. 
I don't have to be in control. He is great, so we don't have to be in control. It's a truth. You set your mind on it this week that will give you life and peace. It will transform your life. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for this morning. We so quickly uh, gravitate towards fear and control, and even this morning, just in preparation, seeing so many areas in my life where my gut reaction is to take control. And I just want to thank you, God, that you're holy, that you're awesome, that you're sovereign, that you're our Savior. You're bigger than all of our fears. And so this morning, today we loosen our grip, we open our hands, and we surrender our fears to you. We surrender our parenting fears. We surrender our financial fears. We surrender our fears about the future. We surrender our health fears, God, and we lay them before you, and we ask you, God, crying out like the Israelites, would you take control? Would you fight this battle? Would you give me peace as I walk through these waters? Thank you for your promise today, God, that, um, that we will walk through the waters, but they will not overwhelm us. We will go through the fire, but we will not be burned because you are our Redeemer. You are a great God. You are a powerful God. And you set us free from the fears in our life. So would you release every fear in this place? And would you replace that through the power of your Holy Spirit with the gift of faith and trust in you? We ask that in Jesus' name. Send your spirit, God. Send your presence and lead us on our journey. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, will you stand with me and worship? As you remember, God brings the Israelites through the sea. And what do they do on the other side? They sing to celebrate God's victory. Let's do that this morning.